Welcome, everyone. This is the Mystery Book Club, and I'm Ann Parsons, and I'm your facilitator for the month. And we are discussing Gone Missing by Linda Castillo. Oh, we have a whole lot of people, new new faces. Welcome. Um, anyway, as I was saying, we're, we're discussing Gone Missing by Linda Castillo. And as I always do when I start my groups, um, let's go around and see if everyone liked the book, why or why not. So start up, folks, and I'll come in at the end. For once, I'll be brief. I loved the book. It was action. Uh, I'd like to see good female detectives. And that sounds uh, chauvinistic, but they always stress the guys, you know, think Lincoln Rhyme is planning and he's so smart. But Kate Burkholder's a plotter. And she uh, she uh, was great with Capacetti, I guess it his name is. And it was an incredible story. And the ending was really something. I Figured it out the last page. Oh, my gosh. You know, that leads to another book in a series, I guess. I'm starting Sworn to Silence with Thanks to Jill. She told me that's the second book in the series. I've never heard of Linda Castillo, but she sure can write. Thank you, whoever. uh, Anne, I think you chose it. Thank you. It's a great book. Uh, This is Don, and I really like the book. I I put off reading it because I didn't like the subject. I I don't like the children being lost and so on but uh, I I really like it in fact I tried to get on I, I got I had to, on Audible they have all six of the series and I got the first two because I couldn't get on Bard last night for for my wife but anyway I read most of the book but uh, so late in starting it I didn't get all the, all of it read Hi it's Alan I thought it was pretty good I mean I, I, I wouldn't I think I gave it like a 3.8 on my five-point scale, which is not bad. Uh, I, I, it just seemed like it kind of dragged a little bit at, at the beginning. It just seemed like it was hard uh, getting into it. It was the same same old thing. It didn't seem like they were getting anywhere. I liked I liked Kate pretty good as a main character, uh, and 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 John pretty good. Uh, yeah, I I thought it I thought it had a nice ending. I mean, it got really you know kind of kind of tense toward the end there when she was down. Uh, down in those caves and stuff, trying to trying to find stuff, and I, I thought it took a real good turn for the better. Then I, it just seemed to be a little slow to me, but you know the, the writing was good, and uh, uh, you know I'm, I didn't have any trouble finishing it, so I was glad I read it. Yeah, I I really enjoyed the book, and I think the reason that I especially enjoyed it because it really told me about a culture that I didn't know that much about. I had read a nonfiction book about this. I never can remember the name, but whatever they call it when these teenagers get a chance to find out what life is really like, you know, not under the strict supervision of their parents. Um, So I did know about that, but other than that, I I didn't. And I was interested enough to go back and see what the very first book in the series was um, because I wanted to know how she got started and what she did that caused her to be a detective, so I cared that much about her. Uh, I'm like Alan, I thought it, it dragged a little bit in, in spots, but uh, I overall, I like the idea of 
good women detectives, and she was good, and it was a fun book. Well, I enjoyed it very much. I did go back and read Sworn to Silence. Um, I'm going to try and read the rest of the series. Uh, I do like women detectives, and that's about all I've got to say about it. Uh, I liked uh, uh, the book. I think that uh, I, I have to agree with uh, Jill. It was fascinating to find out about uh, more about the Amish. Um, I, um, as far as I know, I've never met uh, anyone from the Amish community. Many, many years ago in my college days for a while, I, I went with a girl from Millersburg, Ohio, and we did uh, go visit, that is to say, I went to visit her at her house, and about as close as I got to any, there apparently are many Amish living in Millersburg, but uh, I, uh, I did see a buggy very briefly, and that was about it. Uh, so, but I enjoyed the, um, I enjoyed the story and, uh, uh, the way these, uh, girls, uh, were finally, uh, finally found. I liked the ending. I, um, have read as much Linda Castillo as I can get, and some of it's been disappointing because it, she also has a romance series going and, eh, you know, um, I love the Amish thing. I have known one person who was a Mennonite, which is very similar, but I don't know that it has the anger or the um, the differences. But she says that they are a uh, hundred years behind the times, and that's where they wish to stay. You know, they just everything else is evil, and she's had a few problems with that down the line, but. Um, I, too, have never met an Amish person. Um, I, if I remember correctly, the Amish in, like, 1977 had Amana foods, Amana refrigerators and, and microwaves, and, and I, I can't quite reconcile that with their faith, but uh, what do I know? Well, I really, really enjoyed this book. I loved it. Um, I don't know if you can hear me. Am I coming through okay? You are with me anyway. Okay, good. Um, well, I figured, uh, I read the prologue, and I read it twice. And so when it came to the ending, I connected Noah with the, um, because I don't th they didn't give him a name, I think, in the prologue. And, uh, well, I really enjoyed the book, and uh, I learned a lot about the Amish. I've read several books about them. Um, I didn't know they hated the Jews, and uh, when I read something like that, I think, oh, because I'm Jewish. Um, but uh, I find them fascinating, and uh, I, I really enjoyed the book. This is Donna. I remember in the our history book, The Batavius Graveyard, they talk a little bit about the Amish and Mennonites get during the Thirty Years' War when they got started. And they weren't always nonviolent then, but I think it was a survival thing that they did. And, of course, then they came to 
Pennsylvania. When I visited my brother in Kokomo, uh, they, they, you, their buggies were all over the place. And you saw the guy, this 20-year-old guy with about a half a dozen kids already. And, and he's got quite a burden the rest of, rest of his life. So anyway, it, they very generally very nice people. They, they had a little, they made some compromises, I think, according to my sister-in-law, that they uh, they'd had a lot of uh, birth defects because of intermarriage in, in small communities, and they got a couple of buses so they could have uh, social trips to other uh, Amish communities. The Mennonites drove them, but anyway, that's that's all I know. Well, I think we're we're missing a couple of people that haven't uh, haven't spoken up yet. Um, but before I, I introduce them, I just want to say I really enjoyed this book. And as you all know, I love regionals, and I love hearing about you know whatever culture it is that um, is in whatever the region. And I enjoyed hearing about the the Amish as well. I have never met any Amish. Um, I have seen buggies, of course, but I I have never met them. Met any Amish. Uh, I knew some Mennonites for a while. Uh, they were in Oratorio. They were living here in Rochester. And, um, you know, so I don't know um, much about them. I've read, oh, uh, you know, several books about them, but I, I can't say I know about them or whatever. But they are they are a Christian sect, and they, they do... Um, as far as I can tell, they they follow the creed, so I guess they're Christians. But you know that much I don't know. Um, Kathy or uh, Bill, I think it is. Would you like to say anything about this book before we let everybody else jump in? I liked the book. I, uh, it was a little more graphic and, than I tend to prefer sometimes. And I checked Audible because I wanted since since I found out this was number four in the series, I was interested to see the others, but I'm, I don't know. I read a little bit of the sample of Sworn to Silence, and I don't know whether I'm going to read that one or not. Um, but I, I did I did like uh, Gone Missing, ex- except, of course, at the end, they left us with the cliffhanger, and so I might have to wait for the next one to come out on barge. I enjoyed the book as well, and... Uh, found it, you know, very interesting. Uh, I kept wondering how the prologue was going to fade into the book but, uh, with this girl, Becca, who was sliding through the ice at the beginning and uh, on purpose, you know, was k- killing herself. And uh, you don't find out until the very end how that all kind of comes together. I mean, you find out what she was going through, but uh, then her story was pretty much, you know, dropped out. Uh, I don't. I have not met anyone who is Amish either. Um, I know that there are small communities, you know, around. Uh, some of the things they do, I think, are a little. Uh, are a little unusual. I mean, apparently, sometimes they'll be riding in their buggies and they'll have their transistor radios playing, and and uh, you know, will take rides and things if they come from somebody else, but they don't drive. Uh, my niece was a nurse sometimes, and they, they would bring the children, you know, to the hospital where she worked, and uh, 
they would, you know, be very upset, like, you know, if the nurses would come into the room, because apparently the nurses wear the white uniforms, and they're pretty much wearing black, but what I thought was interesting, too, I saw an Amish doll one time, and the doll does not have a face. Uh, I believe that they feel that the soul is in the face, and they don't want the, I don't know quite the whole situation, but I'm, you know, as I say, I've never met anybody, but, uh, it's, uh, I thought it was a very good book. Okay, very good. I guess everybody liked it. Well, that makes me happy. Um, okay, let's talk about character. Um, I really liked the uh, uh, Kate. I, I thought she was very well drawn. And um, I could see, you know, this kind of character becoming. I mean, I, I could see... She was believable because she came out of the Amish tradition and then went away from it and, um, you know, and still kept her, uh, some of the traditions, you know, in her her own mind. And, you know, it was because of, of her background that she was able to get to the bottom of what was going on. And... Um, I just really, really like this book, and especially when, when at the end the the prologue tied in at the end with uh, with the young man, and um, that was just that was wild. I just you know that whole ending was just so wild. It just was it was good. Yeah, there was a once you got through the beginning, there was indeed action at the end, and. Kate running through the tunnels, and they had an extension cord, so somebody believed in electricity. And um, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, I thought the people, well, learning from these groups, they say, was it contrived that Noah escapes from the hospital? That wasn't too much. He could have done that. But they had an APB out for him because Kate said, I want to talk to him. You know, we're, we, we're going to get him. And then two months later, he's at a, t- a teenage party with Rhonda. And, you know, the whole story. Noah's going to pick up where Dad left off. And I thought that was a little, uh, it shocked me. I go, oh, no. You know, is he going to continue? Yes. Because I kind of felt sorry for Noah a little bit in the tunnels there at the beginning. But then it started coming out. Oh, my God. He was on the side of the road doing some of this stuff. So, uh uh, but uh, it was good. I mean, she handled it the way she did. She said, he'll be back. That's the message I got. Maybe I read this wrong, but wasn't there a reference in the prologue that, that Noah, he was the older brother, he was he was sexually abusing his sister that killed himself in the prologue? That is right, right? He was. I don't remember them mentioning his name. I, I agree with Joni that uh, Becca was being abused, and Mother just said, oh, just ignore it. You know, that that crazy woman, whatever her name was at the end, who who shot, uh, tried to shoot Kate and all that in the kitchen. She was always cooking the mother, uh, the father. I don't remember the names. Melvin, Calvin. Anyway, and Noah's mother uh, just but I didn't connect Noah with it till later. I figured it out. Finally, you know, that Becca and Becca's. Did they ever find Becca at the end? Ruthanna and I didn't think they did in the in the. uh, Well, they wouldn't. She was in a, a house in the middle of a lake and dropped through she hung herself and uh, i don't think they found her body but i could be wrong and i agree with i think kathy a lot of bodies but Joni loves all that the more bodies the better for my dear friend Joni. so it was horror as well a little bit graphic you're absolutely right 
Well, the thing was that, yes, they did find her body. Um, I think they said it surfaced, uh, oh, I don't know, the following summer or whatever the heck it was. They, they did say they found her body. Um, but, yeah, it was all because she was being abused by, um, by Noah. And um, that, you know, and, and uh, you know, the whole family... The whole, the whole, that whole family was so dysfunctional. Oh my God! I, you know, I just, oh yuck. Um, but yeah, I mean, here the here the father was so concerned that that um, you know the young people follow the rule and all that, and here his son is is doing something so horrendously horrible. But anyway, um, I'll I'll let the rest of you talk. What I was going to say, when um, actually the mother was, she didn't say just ignore it. She really sided with the brother and, and condemned the girl for causing it. I mean, that's what bothered me about that part of the story. Um, and, and yet I thought it was interesting that at the end, Noah is, is really saying, no, I, I, I deserved what my father did, you know. In other words, I guess they're so used to being browbeaten by their parents, or at least in that particular family, according to, if you can believe what he said, I mean, he's, he seemed to think that that was okay for his parents to do that because that just showed that they loved him because they cared enough to discipline him. Well, they were all crazy as a bunch of loons, so... Uh, but I tell you what, I really liked the ending because it was so believable. I... I I found it really refreshing that she got she was there, but she, it's not like her cell phone failed all of a sudden. She ran out of juice. She was actually in contact with her other people, and I, I thought that was nice because that was kind of believable. That's the way it really works. And she was saying, "Well, I'm, go, I'm going down in there, and I'm I'm, I'm going to do this." And it's, it was just a matter of, uh, of 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 timing and stuff. And you know, she didn't have time for the other guys to get there. The one deputy got there, and then he got killed apparently. But I found that very believable. It was kind of refreshing for a change for the author not to take an easy way out and just have all the all the electronics fail. You know, she was actually staying in contact with her other officers. And I, I, I thought that made the suspense a lot more believable. Well, I may have misread this, but I thought that the father was also was was the one as the deacon um, punishing these girls by killing them, um, and the the son was sent out to get the girls from the um, the streets or wherever they were, they found them that they weren't living according to the the, the rule. Um, and and then when he died, uh, Noah Noel took it upon himself to continue his father's work. Did I misread that? No, you're absolutely right. That's my understanding of it. And please, somebody is is pencil. What, how did Kate talk in German? Was it German, Pennsylvania, Dutch? Is it a separate language? I wasn't clear on that. If I may, before I forget, she she was really swing into that Pennsylvania Dutch and calm the uh, Amish down. But was that German or what is it? Pennsylvania Dutch is very similar to German. I could pretty much translate what she was saying, but it's 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 a different dialect actually. But it's um. Very similar. It's it's seventeenth or sixteenth century German, probably. 
Well, German has so many dialects and so many, I mean, like Yiddish is, Yiddish comes from, I think it's 12th or 13th century, um, a German dialect. Uh, so um, isn't it kind of, isn't Pennsylvania Dutch kind of a, a combination of um, German and 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 the Dutch language because wasn't the wasn't I don't know what I'm saying. Just forget what I said. Well, the Dutch is a Germanic language too. It's not far from it, um, so it could be a little of both, and that could be where I had trouble when I did in translating. But uh, it's it's a Germanic. Um, offshoot somehow. Yeah, because uh, Dutch is actually closer to low German than than uh, high German, I think. I don't know, you know, I can't tell you the, the whole stuff, but yeah, it is a, it, uh, Pennsylvania Dutch is a German dialect, and so I don't know whether it has some... Um, Polish or Czech or anything mixed in with it, um, but it's uh, now it's a it's a German dialect, and because they're so so inbred, you know the the German would be, um, you know just just um, that much more um, separate in its in its own way, um, similar to Yiddish, similar to Dutch. You know, similar to, uh, you should have heard my friend Gisela talk about the different kinds of, of ways that people speak German in Germany. And the fact that you can actually tell the town that somebody is from by the way they speak. And it was fascinating. She she went on for, oh God, I about 45 minutes, she and my cousin were having this big discussion because my cousin... Uh, speaks German very well, and they they were having this big discussion about you know the differences between Heidelberg and Munich and and uh, you know um, Leipzig and all these you know the different towns and and that the German was so different and, and oh yeah and then they got into oh yes and then there then there are those people from Vienna and they speak totally different <laughs> you know it's so. If we're trying to figure out Pennsylvania Dutch and Yiddish too, I mean it, it's it's probably uh, it's a lost cause. I think. Does anyone actually know where the Amish um, break off of, or whatever you would call it, of Christianity, where it originated? That's a great question. I'm going to be quick. We had a German reader who was born in Germany but came here and lived for, what, 10, 15 years, and was interviewed on a German program, okay? And they said she did okay considering her American-German. Boy, she got mad. Well, um, I, when I was in visiting my brother in Indiana, he had uh, foreign students living with them, uh, and uh, she she was shocked. She was from the, from the Netherlands, and she, they, she'd never heard of the Amish, and uh, she was really amazed. So I guess it's pretty much of an American phenomenon now. Uh, they may be in other countries, but uh, they're not too 
not in the not in the Netherlands. But where do they break off from the Christians? That's the part I don't get either. I'm with Joe on that one. According to Batavius Graveyard, there were a lot of these little sects breaking off during the Reformation and fighting among themselves. So that's that's what, and they have a lot of different ideas. Like the history stops right there at the time, and so there's no progress and. Uh, so they don't, you know, they don't use electricity and things, and yet they kind of sneak in things. But, uh, but oh, I don't know really what what the, what their doctrine is about the Trinity and all the rest of that stuff. Well, now you've got me curious, uh, Bob A, and I'm going to spend some time if I get any this week. And go to Google and see what I can find. I'm sure we can find something. Um, I'll post it on the mysteries list, just for just for grins, because now I'm I'm curious as to where, you know, they they broke off in their in their doctrine. Um, because as far as I can tell, they're you know they're Christians in the sense of, you know, they believe that Jesus is the Son of God, which is crucial, and I don't know about the Trinity. That I'm not sure of, but I think they do. Um, but that would be interesting. Because, well, you know, as a Roman Catholic, I'm kind of conservative in my views of what makes people Christian. And uh, I tend to measure them against the, the creed, the Apostles' Creed. And if they, if they uh, measure up, then they're Christians. And if they don't, well, you know. But um, I don't. I don't know. So I'm going to do some research. Well, thank you. Yeah, my uh, old-time Catholicism kicks in as, wait a minute, they're different. How are they, you know, how are they different there? But Lutherans are in it. Ruth Hansel Lutheran, she says, I don't know. So thank you. That'd be a great favor. I, I'd just be interested not to, and the soul, the, the nature of the, where is, the, I guess I believe in the soul, but they, in their face, they don't want it, it's in their face. I didn't, I didn't know that. Well, I come from the congregational religion you can believe anything you want <laughs> well remember they uh thought that they 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 don't like taking pictures uh they really are against that because uh they feel that the uh soul is being stolen uh when it appears when a face appears in the picture you're right thank you Joni. about the language remember about the cajuns in louisiana they were uh, they they have that very old form of France, and they were isolated from the metropolitan France, of course. And but uh, they, it's a form of French. And then the Portuguese in Brazil is very different than the Portuguese in Portugal. Well, thank you. I didn't know that, Don, because there's this guy in KFI, uh, a shock jock, who says I I speak Portuguese from Brazil, and I thought it was oh he could go to Portugal and be understood perfectly. That's pretty good. But not necessarily. Well, he probably could. Um, the The Portuguese in Portugal is well. The the Portuguese in um, Rio, in in Brazil, is very much like the American is here, as opposed to British English. Um, if you go to Quebec, for instance, and I've done this. <laughs> um, the French they speak there may be grammatically correct and everything all like that, but the accent is so weird 
that I couldn't understand a word those people tried to tell me. I mean, you know, um, the because uh, Canadian French is very different than than the Parisian French I learned in school. It's extremely different. Um, you know, and and uh, it's not so much different in grammar and and all that, but it's different in accent and the tone of it so that it's it's very much difficult to understand i suppose if you grew up speaking french it would be like hearing a britisher speak or an australian for us um but it's it's yeah it's it's different it's different well i don't i don't know that we should be surprised at that because um well, I, I've listened to German radio, and you can tell the cities, uh, Berlin from the others, and um, but you can tell the north from the south in the United States. You can tell the east from the west in the United States, and why should Germany be different? Well, that's true. That's very true. Um, but, yeah, well, you're, you're absolutely right about that, uh, Mickey. You're, you're right. Okay, um, any other comments on this book, on the author, on Amish people in general, anything? Well, it really made me want to read more about the Amish. Um, it, it, I've always thought they were fascinating, um, but I haven't read that many books about them. I've read several, I guess. Well, it's hard to know, but I want to read more about them. Well, I'll post what I find out and... Uh you know, for what it's worth. All right, guys, I'm going to let you go and choose your book for next month because I ain't going to be here. You know, this is August, so I'm I'm taking a vacation. Um, who's running the show next uh, next month? I don't know. I've read all the Reacher books. I love Alan to do it, but I don't know if he can. I don't like the novella very much, Alan, by the way, but I'm tr- I'm struggling. But it's already August, Anne's vacation. It seems like yesterday. I'm sorry, I stopped answering the phone. Are we talking about next month's book or what? I'm sorry you don't like the novella. I read the uh, the first one. It was deep down. It was okay. Uh, and I've already read the other two short stories that are the, the back two, so I'm done. I'll keep at it. Don't worry. Well, I was just asking who was running the show next week or next month um, and what you all wanted to do. I don't mind writing the blurb. I can do that. Um, but I, I ain't going to be here. I'm showing up in September, but I ain't going to be here. Well, somebody last month said they would do it, and I don't remember who that was. Um, but if nobody shows up, I suppose I could I could um, handle it. I, I don't mind leading it either, so, you know, if, you, know, if you need me to. Uh, I was going to toss a couple of books out uh uh, and I don't feel real strongly about either one of these. I know there's one called uh, uh, Deception Point, I think it's the name of it, by Dan Brown. That I seem to remember. You know, He's the one that wrote The uh, Da Vinci Code, and I think he's written a bunch of other stuff. Uh, I don't think, I think this is a standalone. I don't think it's part of the, that character that's in Da Vinci Code. Uh, and then... Well, I'm a, you know, I love the Harry Potter series. I'm a big fan of J.K. Rowling. So I'm in, I'm currently reading her first book that she's written under the pen name uh, Robert Galbraith. And, and, it, and it's okay. I mean, I wouldn't say it's, 
you know, super fantastic or anything. But I, I'm enjoying it. Of course, I, I enjoy the Brits anyway. And the guy that narr- it's, it's a commercial version. The guy that reads it is a very good narrator. And it's just I, I just appreciate the language. And uh, it's pretty well done. It's called Cuckoo's Calling, I believe. So that's, that's a couple of suggestions. Why do we see it? Uh, those are good. Dan Brown, he usually writes about angels and all that. But anyway, um, what what about uh, Mickey? Do you have any books? We'll vote on the best book. See where we land. No, I'm happy with either of those. I just want to ask a question. I I guess I'm not on the mysteries mailing list. I don't think I am. So how do you get on that? Thank you, Joni. I'm not either. Well, if you send a... An email message to mysteries at accessibleworld.org, I think. I can send, um, I'll, t- I'll try to remember to email it to you, but uh, I think that's the address. Uh, mysteries, yeah, mysteries-subscribe at, or a request, mysteries-request at accessibleworld.org. Is that right, Bob? I would have said mysteries-subscribe at AccessibleWorld.org, but I haven't seen it or haven't subscribed in a while. But I would do mysteries-subscribe at AccessibleWorld.org and then send you know the blank message. You might want to put subscribe in the subject line. If you don't hear, then next time do a blank message, period. Some of these take a, like, subject line subscribe. And if you have any trouble, you know, we'll answer, make, contact me, and we'll, we'll make it happen. I remember last time I mentioned the fact that this group has never read a Greg Isles book and um, we did on on other lists and I <laughs> hate to admit this but I looked it up and there there is a book by him that isn't in his um, whatever the guy's name is in, in Mississippi. It isn't one of those books. And it's a shorter book than most of his are. Does anyone, especially you, Alan, do you happen to have an idea what I'm talking about? While Alan's looking it up, Greg Isles is very good. And we did read one of his from another list, Jill. You're right. It was, it's about Mississippi. And uh, I don't remember. I remember the, it had a judge in it. And he was crooked, as I remember. But uh, let's see if Alan can remember, because he'll... He, but he, Alan was reading one was 36 hours, and I pass. You won't get me on that one. Is that the one, Jill, where he's uh, it's, it's find some uh, some something uh, some documents that his father had as a, a uh, in Germany? Um, that's the only one I can think of that isn't um, series. Uh, I mean, you got to give me a little bit more. I was trying to look up this mysteries thing when you were talking, and I missed the first part of what you said. Greg Isles has written a whole bunch of different kind of stuff. He's got several standalone books that, uh, uh, I mean, the Pen Cage series has about four in that. I'm not sure how many of them are on, on Bard. But he's got, uh, you know, just several others that have uh, have standalone characters in them uh, from, from dealing with, being about a like a porn chat site to being about the World War II with with Nazis in them. I think that's Spandau Phoenix and one called Black Cross. Uh, he's got quite a mix of stuff, and 
I, I, I like most of what he writes, but uh, I, I'm not sure which one you're talking about. Yeah, I'm not either, and I remember that I looked at it because it was shorter than, you know, most of his are. And I thought, well, that would be suitable, and was a standalone. But offhand, I absolutely cannot. I, I, it's one of those things that if you said the name of it, I would say, yeah, that's the book. Well, let's do Deception. I don't know why, but Dan Brown is just easy to remember. I think I downloaded it somewhere. I haven't read it. Okay, anybody? I'm, I'll do it. I'll, I love Dan Brown. Haven't read that one yet. Anybody agree, disagree? I don't know if Ann's still here or not. Yeah, I'm still here. Because I have to write the blurb. Um, as I say, I don't mind writing the blurb. I just won't be here. I was so uninterested in the Da Vinci Code. I know that's heresy, you guys. But um, I haven't read a thing by him since, so uh, I'd be willing to give it a go. But I'm not very enthusiastic, I have to admit. Uh, well, yeah, Deception Point's fine with me. It's uh, it's 17 hours and 8 minutes long, so I, I didn't realize it was quite so long. But uh, it's DB57939. It is read by Jim Zeiger, so uh, that's a little bit of a downside. But, hey, that, that's the way it goes. Uh, Does he read everything? I don't like Jim Zeiger. I, I don't know, but I'll tolerate it. As long as it's not um, the guy I really don't like, <laughs> uh, Roy Avers. <laughs> How about Stoddard? Oh, Don. Stoddard sounds like he has a tight net necktie on, and he's choking to death. I love Roy Avers, so it's just who people like. And I, I can take the last Zyger book we did was pretty good. They up in the air, 15,000 feet and all that. I guess I got used to him. He's okay. I don't know. Deception Point seems like it covers all the bases. The Bard's got it uh, categorized as suspense fiction, science fiction, political fiction, and bestsellers. So uh, it must cover the whole the whole gamut. Well, I didn't like the Da Vinci Code. Talk about being contrived. It seemed like it was very contrived. Um, but everybody loves Dan Brown except me, but I'll read this too. I'll read Deception Point. I love Da Vinci Code. Dan Brown, I'm willing to give him a chance on this book. Okay, um, well, have fun, guys, and I will see you in September. Choose a book. Uh, somebody write to me on the mystery list or something and let me know what you're doing, and I'll write the blurb. Um, oh, and there goes my phone. So I got to run. Bye, guys.